screedle deedle a doodly dee a screedle deedly doo What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You listen to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk. <laughs> Not spoiler alert. Not Gutter spoiler talk. alert. But it's easy to be confused. Yeah. Now that Len has become a part of the spoiler alert show, which so many people are very excited about, Leonard. I don't know why. Me neither. <laughs> ah, jealous. But so, my home will always be here in the gutters. I'm Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. the Thwip Tribble. And I am Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And I'm Brandon, a.k.a. Childish Brandino Tribble. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's talk about some stuff, Len. What do you think? I think we should first get to our emails because we've got letters. Oh, we've got letters? We've got lots, lots, and, and, lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. letters. Starting off, do you want to go? You go. I'll go. This is from Christopher Goodnight. Uh, when I did not... If I don't read an email from Christopher Goodnight, he will resend me that email so that I read it. And he did that here. This is called, JD, I'm going to let you finish, but it will have to wait till Saturday night after I'm through seeing Ready or Not. I don't want any spoilers or even any hint of spoilers. And Saturday is the earliest my friend and I can go see it. It looks great. And I would have loved to have had a double feature of it and The Hunt. It was not to be. Personally, I don't care about the Sony-Disney breakup. One, because I don't believe it will last past the next two Spider-Man movies. That's, what, four or five years for them to make peace? It'll be fine. And Mm. B, because at least for the next two movies, he is still connected to the MCU just without Kevin Feige overseeing it. I'm pretty sure they can still mention all the Marvel characters for the next two movies. I bet you they can't. I don't think... I didn't didn't hear that. I didn't think they could. How could they be... Connected to the MCU movies. If they're not part of the MCU. Yeah. I think the rule is that they're they can follow they can continue the story, but they can't use any MCU characters. Yeah. So he can get so yeah, so they can continue wherever the stories have been so far. Yeah. But yeah, no, they can't mention the characters. Right. You can't like talk about happy, happy Hogan, right? Well, oh that's true, yeah, because because he got to happy through Iron Man. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, I don't want this version of Peter in the Venom universe. If they do use Spider-Man, let it be someone different. No. Nah. If if they're going to use Spider-Man, it's got to be Tom Holland. And actually, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, if they start, you know, putting the the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe in charge of the Venom universe, maybe the Venom universe, despite being a huge financial success, will be more of a critical success. Yes, yeah. Uh, the only problem looking forward to that is Eddie Brock already went through the whole, well, I'm kind of a jerk, but now I'm a good guy arc. Mm. And uh, I wish they had left that. I wish I wish that was waiting until now, the Spider-Man stuff. Because I want to see them, you know, I want Venom to want to eat Spidey's brains. Well, I don't know, but... But Venom may want to eat Spidey's brains because at the end of Spider-Man 2, he's been outed as, like, a villain. That's true. That's true. It's it's... not quite the same, but I see where you're going. Yeah. He says, I don't give a fuck about the Matrixes. I didn't do 20... I didn't 20 years ago, and I don't now. Maslani was great in Orphan Black, but the show gets a bit too cerebral with all of its science shtick, and while I finished it, I really didn't care. Some shows don't stick to landing. That's true. 
in the comics, Jessica Jones's parents and little brother died in the car crash that gave her her powers, just like they do in the series. She does eventually get adopted or fostered out, but it isn't with Patsy's mom. They do have a tenuous relationship even to this day. All-Star Superman was just too silly for me, Len. Hercules and Atlas fighting over Lois, Jimmy being turned into Doomsday, along with an army of other people, Lex going to jail for poisoning Superman, Lois becoming Superwoman. It was all just too silly for me. And Quietly's art doesn't help. What the f- I mean, Quietly, it's art is not for everybody. I remember one day, um, I think Quietly's ultimate book was like uh, just sitting around my apartment and my brother came over. Uh-huh. And my brother's not a big comic book fan, but he's, he's read them. Ultimates? Yeah, he did, he did the second um, Mark Miller one. The yeah. one with the pastiches of the Avengers in there. Okay. And um, my brother looked at it and he's like, yeah, this art is ugly. Huh. No, Al. He's wrong. Um, and, quietly it does, and quietly does not draw a good looking woman. And it wasn't the coming while giving birth that bothered me, Len. I'd honestly forgot that bit about the first two issues of Saga. It was the TV heads fucking that annoyed me. I don't have much else to say except go see Blinded by the Light. I'm really looking forward to Stumptown. Four Weddings and a Funeral on Hulu is really good. And Why Women Kill is super dumb. Chris St. Saucy, good night. I don't know what Blinded by the Light is. Blinded by the Light is the movie um, about a young guy who's inspired by Bruce Springsteen music. Oh yeah, it looks actually pretty pretty cool. I'll, but I'll, I'll, wait, for Net, I'll yeah. wait for Netflix. And then Stumptown is based on a indie indie comic, so I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. And Four Weddings and a Funeral. I didn't realize there was a show. Yeah, it's a show. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, I know there was a film like ten, years ago. twelve years ago, whatever. Um. Anyway, thanks so much for writing us. What do you got, Len? You got you got an email. I do have an email, JD. I'm glad you mentioned that. I have an email that came to us. From Brandon Payton. Is that the one you're referencing? Yes. Is it called Backstories? Yes. What's up, fellas? <laughs> I had to chime in on your favorite animated series top two list. Mine are easily Avatar The Last Airbender and Batman Beyond. I could obviously do a top 50 list, but these two are firmly planted on the gold and silver podiums of my favorite slash most influential to my life series that I could go back and watch over and over again without getting tired. And speaking of going back and watching animated series over again, I recently resubscribed to DC Universe purely to go back and watch all of the DCAU starting with Batman the Animated Series. I am 50 episodes deep right now and boy is this Batman green. He gets overpowered by thugs, tased unconscious, falls for dumb tricks and all that. And I honestly kind of like it. This feels like Batman when he's first starting out, which makes sense because this series shows him meeting all of his rogues for the first time. I kind of like that this Batman doesn't really know what he's doing yet, considering when he ends up by considering where he ends up by the time you watch Justice League Unlimited, where absolutely nothing phases him and he's thinking 30 steps ahead of everyone. It makes for a nice arc and origin story to me and thus keeps Batman the Animated Series in my top 10 animated series if you were doing 10. 
Anyway, speaking of nice origin stories, you guys mentioned the Joker movie, and I know that's what a lot of people don't like about the film. A lot of people are complaining that the Joker is better when we don't know his origin story. So my question to you guys is this. What popular comic sci-fi character other than the Joker do you feel does need an origin story because we love them, but we don't know much about their backstory? And as a bonus question, what popular comic sci-fi character other than the Joker do you feel should never get an origin story because we love them as they are and it's more fun not to know how they became who they are right now? Brandon from the left coast. Thank you, Brandon. What a lovely email. We appreciate it. Let's start at the beginning. Avatar and Batman Beyond are his top two animated series. Len, what are your top two? Oh, I said it. We, we did this. Uh, it was Venture Brothers, and then I landed on Justice League Unlimited. And Brandon, what was yours? I think I gave like six. So I'll just say like Avatar and Batman. I'll say Avatar and Batman Beyond. Oh, wow. Did you write this email? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we already know mine. Well, what you, that's, we already did mine, right? Well, we did everybody's. Mine's Avatar again. and Young Justice. Okay. Which I just finished. Yeah. I just yeah. caught up on. We'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, um, uh, Boopa Animated Series, blah, blah, blah. He resubscribed to the DC Universe app, which is an app that I also subscribe to and yes, I've been enjoying for most for the most part. You know, it's not blowing my socks off. My mm -hmm. socks, my socks are still firmly uh, on my feet, but it's fun. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm enjoying on there. There's a bunch of glitches that are kind of annoying. I'll, I'll, because I have, I think I have a Roku, and I'll click the DC Universe app, and then it'll just go black, and it won't actually take me to the app. And then I got to back out of it, and it'll go, "Are you sure you want to back out of it?" And I go, "Yes." And then I re-click into it again, and that's when the the app loads every single time. It does this. Really? That, it's I have Roku and that doesn't work happen with me at all. And then another thing is like if I'm watch if I'm in the middle of Doom Patrol and I pause it mm -hmm. and then I back out of it to the home screen of Roku, right. um the show will keep playing, the audio of the show will keep playing even though I'm not in the DC Universe app. So then I have to go back into it, pause it again and come out of it. So it's been very glitchy. Wow. I yeah. have not had any of those problems with the DC Universe, and I have it on Roku, and I've actually, and I have Roku on three televisions, and I've watched it on all three. I'm sorry, three televisions. At the store, I've got I misspoke. At the store, I have Roku. At my home, I have Fire Stick. So where are these problems? Fire Stick. Okay, well yeah. then, yeah. Well, and remember, if you remember, Fire Stick, I think was the last place that it yeah, hit. Yeah, so I think they're still working on it. Yeah, getting them bugs out. Uh, Batman the Animated Series. I love that series and it has a special place in my heart, but it just doesn't, for me, hold up. Going back and rewatching it again. The stories? Yeah, they're just a little rudimentary for me. Some of them, some of them are. Um, some of them, of course, are still great. Yeah. Uh, and I think because, the, especially along that that first season or first like maybe 20, 30 episodes, are trying to find their Batman. Yeah. So there is some inconsistency in you know how much he is batman from one episode mm -hmm. to the next which brandon actually points out uh which actually makes for a fun read on the series in whole well i, I can go well i wanted to ask a question uh, since he brought it up in this email he likes that it's the novice batman versus the batman that comes along and he's 30 steps ahead of everybody which batman do you prefer Oh, I 
decidedly uh, like the Batman that's 30 steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. But um, I think that is interesting, especially when you consider that when they rebooted the series mm-hmm. and he gets the black and gray costume. Yeah. And I think that's when he's on his way to Justice League Batman. Mm-hmm. It, that he's further along, he's sleeker, he's cooler, he's a little bit more, you know, stern and like mm. real Batman. That's an interesting way to look at the series as far as how they have um, evolved the character mm-hmm. along that universe. I, I never actually thought of it that way, but that's that's a very a good point. Yeah. Did you have something else on that? Well, that's really what I that, wanted to oh, say. Oh, that's funny. So, that uh, and then he goes on about origins and which characters do we think do and do not need origins. I think when we're coming to this Joker movie, mm-hmm. it's not the origin of the Joker. Yeah. Moving forward, this isn't going to be, well, this is the origin of the Joker and all the comics and stuff. Right. It's a version that's in the movies, mm-hmm. just like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is different than the Marvel Comic Book Universe. Which is actually, when you think about it, when Alan Moore did do the killing joke and presented uh, mm-hmm. a origin of the Joker in that. Which was great and heartbreaking. Yes, but he kind of like put it out there. This is a origin of the Joker. He mm-hmm. wasn't trying to say this was canonical. He was trying to say, it. you got to remember, the Joker was telling that story. Yeah. He is an unreliable narrator. You want to know how I got these scars? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which yeah. which that is where they had fun with it going mm-hmm. going forward. Um. And also the director, Todd Phillips, in a in an interview, has more or less said, like someone asked him, is it possible that this Joker might meet up with the the Batman that's going to be in the new mm-hmm. movie? And he said, like, gave a two word answer. Definitely not. OK. So, yeah, this is just just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. A drama with the Joker. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks great. Yeah, it it does look great. Before we get to his other questions, though, uh, you and Brandon had brought up in regards to the Joker a little uh, harumph that has popped up on the internet about something called incels. Brandon, what's uh-huh. an incel? Uh, it's it's a person. It stands for the term involuntarily celibate, mm-hmm. and it's someone who it's people. Who feel Wait, involuntary? I just realized what you said. Involuntarily celibate. Yeah. So it's like be celibate, right? Yeah. But no one will sleep beyond, with me. Yeah. My control. That's pretty much it. It's but see, like, my my interpretation of incel, I thought was like I'm, I'm purposely this way. No, it's or like, or is it that they're it's proud kind of, of it? Yeah, they become like, proud of it. It's like embracing it, uh-huh. where it's like, well, oh, if they don't like me, then I don't like them back. Oh, I say I don't want to. I don't want to be part of your club anyway. Of people who have intercourse, I've got my own club. Yeah, his name is Randy. My hand. Oh, not our son, the voice of. Anyway, so I, I was um, going to call them the No Game Gang. Oh, that's cute. So anyway, th- it seems like some people are kind of worried about this movie, The Joker, because it is trying to present to you in a sympathetic way. A man who is, let's say, I don't know if he's mentally ill, but he certainly doesn't seem like a character that people should look up to. Mm -hmm. And this is presenting a sympathetic view on that type of character. And I think the worry is that people who shoot up 
places mm-hmm. will look at this movie as some sort of inspiration or they will find something to uh, relate to in this movie and be like, nah, I'm just like the Joker. I'm 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 a reject from society, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm noticing that online. Yeah. But I mean, you could make that case with almost any movie yeah any television show well the first thing that occurred to me was darth vader right like he was a bad dude and then they showed his they tried to make it a sympathetic arc to Mm -hmm. get him from little annie to murdering younglings right right and and while they they tried to make it sympathetic there was at some point where you realize oh he took a decidedly wrong turn yes and we haven't seen the Joker. We've only seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I would hasten to. I, I'm I'm fairly confident in the director Todd Phillips and and work that he's done. That somewhere along the line of while the trailer, you know, portrays the character who will become the Joker as slightly sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Some point along that trajectory, he's going to take what we all know is a wrong turn. Yeah. And that's going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. Now, if you sympath- sympathize with him taking the wrong turn, well, then then you do. Yeah. But you still have to recognize that it's the wrong turn. It's the mm-hmm. same way as when people sympathize with a killmonger in Black Panther. Some people think he was a hero of the movie but they still say yeah but it was still wrong yeah you know they just went about it the wrong way yeah right you know so i'm (sighs) (laughs) and incels i mean really really must everybody have an acronym now (laughs) incels we are involuntarily celibate i mean i've got i've got a catch-all term it's just called sad boys it's, I'm just me. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not my time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all you just have. There's somebody out there for everyone. You know, Well, it's just, I think it's a phrase for people who have weaponized their rejection. Oh, God. <laughs> right? It's just people who are angry because they were rejected. And you either figure out how to deal with rejection because it happens to literally everyone. Yes. Or you don't. And then you become... I don't want to say dangerous, but a dipshit. <laughs> Become an incel. Yeah. It's a shame. Which sounds dangerous, actually. I thought it was going to be something like much more, you know, uh, violent. Yeah. Than, than. But, you know, it's the same people who are upset. You know, comic skate people. It feels like they're the same kind of class of people who are upset when people of color or women are given a spotlight. Yeah. Oh God! So now, so now, people that got game, be over there with your game and yeah. your in, in, in your in your your partners in mm. your sexual relations. I find that people who have game are just people who have respect. That's the best for game other people. In the world. That's the best game. Yeah. Um. So so are there is there a character who you think shouldn't have their origin story revealed? Yes, and unfortunately they they did it. Han Solo. Oh. No. Okay, for me, so I shouldn't speak for everyone. For me, 
I didn't need to know the origin of Han Solo. Mm. I love that the idea that maybe it would get parsed out mm-hmm. over over the years. Like, if they wanted to revisit Han Solo himself, you know, like see what happened in between, you know, episode six and episode seven fine yeah but to go all the way back to the origin i don't need that i agree i was the same thing i was getting ready to say is i don't mind that there is a han solo adventure mm-hmm. but i didn't need it to be like here's where the gun came from he's all by himself and that's why someone named him solo that's where his right. name came yeah. from and look here's these dice that we just made up they're very important to him all of a sudden i, I didn't need all of those things i just wanted a han solo adventure and right. i felt like they were just spoon feeding me all of these different origins like mini origins and i'm like i don't just it's fine I, he's got a gun i don't need to know where the gun came from now i understand them going to the origin because i hope what they realize is that really what people want is harrison ford yeah as han solo and recognizing well we can't get harrison ford back yeah. and most people won't accept us you know, casting another 30 something as Han Solo. So we'll go back to his origin where you have to accept a a younger person. Well, you did it. It failed. So unfortunately now it's time to leave Han Solo alone. alone. I enjoyed the movie. I I didn't mind the movie. I know a lot of people who actually quite enjoy the movie. The, The response seems to be people who saw the movie liked it. But because of the marketing and because of where it was in the year, like it wasn't released as a Christmas time event yeah, movie, yeah. Um, that people were just a little like, I don't know. They just never made it out to the theaters. Mm. But everyone who has seen it, I think, has said, oh, it's actually pretty good. It's not It's not a bad movie. It's just that, like you said, a lot of the little origin bits are mm. so ham-fisted in there yeah. that it takes you out of the movie for, mm. for a second. That was the worst one. Oh, he's all by himself. I guess your name's hmm, Solo. The fuck out of here. Anyway, uh, mine has already been done, and that's Wolverine. Mm. But I also say- So wait a minute. So you're saying you didn't need to know his origin. I did not need to know Wolverine's origin story. Gotcha. I like to have the little flashbacks and the little hints here and there, mm-hmm. but I did not need the entire thing laid out for me. I did not need the, the miniseries origin. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I never read that, but I've heard- Origin and origin two- Get out of here! I there did was not an origin the, too. There was a yeah, and then there was a mini. There was a mini series called Origins, Wolverine Origins, and I did not need that deep dive into all the little nitties and gritties of his origin. Mm. Uh, I liked him as a, you know, the sort of the, the man with no name wanders yeah. in the town. He schnicks a couple people and then pieces out. Right. Meanwhile, he's like, I wonder who I am, but I also wonder, or no, I'm aware that you can only do that for so long. You can only tease people with, I don't know my origin until people are like, just, we got to do the origin, right? Well, I guess, um, and I haven't been in the comic book forever, yeah. but, uh, I remember Eric Larson's Savage Dragon, mm-hmm. certainly by, I left the comic book in the 100s and they hadn't told his origin. Yeah. I had heard through somebody else what his origin was i was like did they ever tell us his origin oh he was an alien okay oh they did yeah yeah i I guess eventually you you do right you have to you can't you can only string that along so far well do really i mean ultimate okay if it's if it's an on a long enough timeline 
you know, obviously if it's miniseries, you can do it as long as you want. On a long enough ongoing universal timeline, eventually, eventually you got to go. do you it. You got to go there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, is there somebody who we need an origin story for? I can't think of anybody I don't know their origin. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I have one, and it's for some people, it may be of a bit of a deep cut. But I'm looking around the shop trying to figure out. I was like looking for hints. You're like, what, what characters? I don't, I get, when these come up, I immediately forget every character ever. So I look around for help. And uh, in my shop, I've got a hand silkscreen print that I designed for the movie Trick or Treat. Okay. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. Trick or Treat, because there's no or, it's just R. And uh, it's a movie about, it takes place on Halloween. And there are a set of Halloween rules that you must obey or bad things will happen. And he did the same, the director did the same thing with a movie called Krampus. And if you don't follow the rules of Christmas, Krampus will come and fuck your shit up. So the character in Trick or Treat is called Sam Haim, right? Mm -hmm. As we all know, you know what Sam Haim is, right? Yeah. But it's a little it's a little guy. He's got a burlap sack and he's got button eyes on the burlap sack and a little stitched on happy like smile face. OK. And then he he walks around with a bright orange lollipop in the shape of a pumpkin that he has bitten off, which then makes it sharp. And he like stabs people in the throat with it to kill him. And he's just a little guy, a little dude. And he's got superpowers. You can like crawl on walls and all this sort of shit. No idea where he came from. I don't believe in the movie uh. they've given you an origin story for Sanhaim, Samhain. Um, this little cute character. So I would kind of like to see a little origin story for him, like a little mini, little mini sode or something. Yeah, but do you really like one because he's a movie character? Uh -huh. The origin is going to be a movie. So do you need a movie origin of him? Well, it wouldn't be in a whole movie because the thing I didn't mention about Trick or Treat the film is that it's an anthology series. Okay, where a bunch of different little stories are happening. Think. Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of little episodes of Tales from the Crypt woven together to, to make a uh, larger story. So it could be just a little mini story if they did Trick or Treat 2. Like the inner woven story could be, oh, here's the origin of him in the background. Okay. That's a good one. Right? All right. Uh, Brandon, I th did you say that you have one? Not really. I was thinking maybe Yoda. I don't know how much of Yoda's backstory we've gotten in the books there's like a there's some interesting stuff but i don't think we've gotten a full backstory okay yoda's not a bad one i don't care about yoda's backstory so yeah i'm good without with not knowing anything else about yoda i have one it's it's gonna be silly and i don't know if it's stretching this premise because i don't know they've been in comic books certainly not in sci-fi but they've been in space it's tom and jerry what? Like, what? like what? where where did they originally meet? We've never seen their first meet. No. Aww. I mean you've seen you've seen them meet back in time. Uh -huh. You've seen them meet in space, but there has to be a definitive time where Tom met Jerry and his animosity actually took hold. Is it simply just because he's a mouse? Right. Could it really be as simple as that? Maybe they were best friends, and then one of them... They were best friends in the iteration of their cartoon back in yeah. the 70s. And then one of them accidentally murdered the other one's wife. That would be interesting. And now I constantly have to get you. That would be actually cool because... Kill my wife. 
on that 70s series, they both wore bow ties. They were best friends. And it would be cool if somewhere along the line, one of them axe murdered the other's <laughs> wife. And that's when they took off the bow ties and thus became the the tortured uh, arch enemies of one another. Nice. Well, Ooh, Len. I got another one. Oh. I got a better one. I was going to call out your last one for not being sci-fi slash comics. I understand. But this one is decidedly comic books. Okay. And it's an origin. Everyone that knows of the character and cares about the character wants to know. Go. Casper. Oh, man. I, I, we already know. No, we don't. It's Every, Richie Rich. No. Everybody thinks it's Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Rich. He did it. He's dead. But no. Casper. Everybody wants to know who was Casper when he was alive. Nobody wants to know that, Len. Nobody remembers Casper anymore. I did. <laughs> I mean, but the movie apparently gives a, an origin. What oh. movie? What do you mean, what movie? There was like two of them, weren't there? I don't know, but I literally searched who was Casper when he was alive. And, and it says, Casper the Friendly Ghost. According to the film, Casper was a 12-year-old boy living in Whipstaff Manor with his inventor father, J.T. McFadden, until he died from pneumonia after playing out in the cold until it was past nightfall. What movie was this? Casper the Friendly Ghost. What the year movie. was this movie? 98. I just made that up, but I'm curious to see. I'm 1991, I think? Oh, I was way off. No, wait. This might be a comic. I think it's, yeah, it's the 1995 film. I was close. It's closer. Mm. Okay. Well, I didn't know. So. Now, well, see, look, your, your wildest dreams have been realized. Now you know the origin of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Aren't you happy now? I don't, I don't like that story. You're t- <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it goes, right? That's the whole point. Is we when- need to retcon the origin of Casper the Friendly Well, we think we want the origins of these mysterious characters, but then when we get them and they're not what we want, then we're upset. That, and that's pretty much what we are, we're learning. So... As happens here, we are recording live at 4327 Main Street, which is Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. It's a comic book shop, and occasionally people will wander in to get their comics, and I will thrust my microphone in and around their face and ask them the question that we're dealing with, which is origins. Matt Kelly of Nando V Movies, the very popular YouTube channel, is here, and he's going to answer that question for us. Okay, so I've got two. Um, They're... Some things we may kind of have a little bit of information on. So I want a Matrix character's origin. I wouldn't mind a Morpheus origin story. Just because I think it might be fun to see that story from a different character's perspective. Especially like someone building that part of the universe out. Because we get it. We, we're bumped right into like this is what the Matrix is. And Keanu's kind of point of view is like I'm, you know, figuring this out for the first time. But he has all these mentors. I want to see a Matrix character have to get a lot of this information on their own Mm. now i haven't read any of the like supplementary material for the matrix so there might be this information out there but if there isn't then if there isn't just some other one of them like joe pantelliano's (laughs) character or (laughs) yeah um other one i want a jurassic park character's origin so i couldn't i wouldn't mind seeing like just more ian malcolm but i wouldn't mind seeing john hammond build up the um, InGen Corporation and like go through the early steps of planning a Jurassic Park because I find that fascinating and I think the like the the ethical discussions about it are fun in the first movie but it's re- very much like 
okay, we'll get to the horror movie about dinosaurs. Right, like we we've, right. we've got to get there. Um, but I think you could, and you could still stick that in with like, oh, one of them got out and they all had to fight it, but they weren't even kind of prepared. As opposed to like, they all had guards and the guards all died. But this would be like guys in a basement lab just fighting one dinosaur. But just I think the idea of like, what would it be like if someone figured out that that was even kind of possible would be kind of interesting to me. And I fi- I think his character is fun in the original Jurassic Park movie, and um. And yeah, we keep trying to go forward with those. Like, what if, you know, someone tried to make a dinosaur for the military? And what if they found another island? And I don't think that is sustainable, but I think you could maybe go backwards and make an earlier Jurassic Park movie and just, you know, explore what that would be like in like the 80s. So it could be a period piece, too. But yeah, Hammond and Orpheus. You know, at first I was going to say, I'm not sure they would work morpheus definitely i I think could work but the jurassic park thing i was like yeah but does that really work because how much of the dinosaurs can you put in there to make it work however if you had told me that they were going to pull saul from breaking bad and do a prequel spinoff Right. With that character, I'd have been like, you are out of your mind. This makes no sense. And that's one of the best shows on TV right now. So who am I to say? That's not a bad idea. Like the hubris behind John Hammond deciding that this was something right. maybe worth doing. And I can't remember, but in in like future Jurassic Park movies, we've kind of been like, oh, and this guy was also involved. The bad guy from Jurassic Park 2. And I want to say mm-hmm. the bad guy from the most recent one. So you can kind of figure out what those characters were all like. A very young bd wong um and then yeah just what would it be like to do that also uh point of clarification i called him orpheus and not morpheus because um as everybody at these tables you know familiar the venture brothers is a terrific show with a character named dr orpheus um so had to catch myself there but yeah um so those are my two i like matt coming in because he just likes to drop in little uh venture brother yeah so we were also just since i got you here we were just talking about the joker movie Mm mm-hmm how do you feel about that movie and some of the, I would call it, premature backlash towards it? I don't know, man. I think it's. I think the thing with movies like this is it's probably going to be fine. And I can't control my expectations as a just human being who like saw the trailer. But the more I feel like I have a strong opinion about this, or like the more strong opinions I hear about it, the more that kind of pushes me into the center where my brain is like, well, this isn't going to be the favorite movie I've ever seen, but it's also not going to be the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, like Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor who I trust. And um, I've always wanted Mark Maron's film career to take off. So (laughs) I want it to be successful. But as far as like, there's a really, really funny series of tweets um, from a guy who um, was kind of pretending to be, uh, at the Joker um, premiere. Premier. Do you know which one I'm talking about? No, but I, I somebody told me about that. Oh, it's so funny. So it's like, just saw a Joker movie. Oh my God, cinematography, so good. All of us critics went into the streets and started flipping over cars. I kicked <laughs> over a Guardian reporter and everyone stepped on him. We are truly now one. A, a, a woman with the stroller shouted, we are all Le Joker in French and we all started shouting it. Like So like I feel like that, it, 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 it it's just pop culture these days, man. I feel like there's so many extreme opinions that it forces you to be like, well, Captain Marvel wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, and it's kind of fine. And it, it, the middle seems like 
unreasonable, but I have a feeling I'm going to end on the positive middle because it just seems like it'll be a good performance. But yeah, I don't know, man. I it, It'll be fine. It's going to be fine. We'll all enjoy it. Maybe it'll win an Oscar. Finally, a comic book movie that wins an Oscar, except for all those ones that already did. Um, <laughs> right. Thank so you. I've seen yeah. many takes of that. Yeah. But yeah, it'll, it'll probably be good. Good luck, Mark Marin. I do like him on Glow. For terrific on Glow. Funny comedian, great podcast. He had a show that was very good that he yes, made I on like like IFC. Yeah. Um, and he seems like an all around just exciting person. One of those like kind of jerky, but also just like he's got a lot of opinions, um, but not in that really annoying kind of like boomer, you know, you guys and your genders, but just in a like, <laughs> I'll say things that aren't objectionable, but are kind of thought through. Um, but yeah, no, I like him a lot. What's the TV show called? It was called Marin. Yeah, he, it was, it was like a semi autobiographical kind of show, like um, like the Louis show. Or I'm trying right. to think of others, yeah, kind of yeah. like Louis. Um, it was on IFC. I think it ran for like about three or four seasons. I think they're all on Netflix though. Oh, cool! I'll check it out. I like him somewhat. I can't really? tell if well, I can't tell if he's just like his character on Glow, who's kind of a jerk. Do you listen to his podcast? I tried one with Kevin Smith, and I couldn't get through it. Well, that's but that may have been Kevin more to Smith. do with Kevin Smith and his yeah. Yeah, you got to listen to his podcast. Um, I I he had like Obama on once, didn't he or something? Yes, he did. Yes, and that was actually a very good yeah. uh, interview. Um, he's very. I like him because he's a guy who is ever evolving and not afraid to do so mm-hmm. right or wrong and not afraid to explore it and take mm. you through that exploration which yes. leads you on your own self-reflection that's cool you know? and then when he gets to his interviews you know he'll talk to you about the promo stuff that you got to do but they really truly are just cool conversations okay. with people like it's like next to like he to me, his show is the evolution of what Howard Stern's show grew into. Mm. His is the next step of it. I really enjoy his show, and, and uh, he deserves all the kudos that he has received for his show. Nice. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Matt Kelly. Thank you, you guys for having me on. Try that again. For, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah. Another thing for Mark Maron, just before I go, um, the best part of a Mark Maron. Well, there's two best parts of every episode. One is he always has to like talk about your relationship with your father, which is just funny to hear. Mm-hmm. Two, he's almost never seen or heard of the thing that you're promoting. So he'll That's he'll true. get like Paul Rudd on and be like, So what's this ant man? Are you like turn into an ant? And he has to like everybody has to explain whatever the thing is <laughs> to him, unless it's like, you know, the very, very narrow subset of things Mark Marin cares about. So it's always fun. To watch an interviewer who just has zero context for, like, The Lion King and just have to have, like, Billy Eichner talk him through it. So if you've never listened to one, find a guy that you already really like, like like Billy Eichner or something that you're just like, that guy's fun. And that interview will probably be be interesting. But, yeah, time for some uh, House of X, baby, or Powers of X, or whichever one is this week. I'm very excited. All right. I'm going to ring you up for your books. <laughs> Well, that's 40 minutes of an email. Should we talk about something else? Uh, I want to talk about, uh, J.D., when are you going to put the pitch in to Mr. Kelly for Gutter Talk to make a special visit to his YouTube show? Well, you go ahead. He was just here. You could have done that. I started to, but you you stopped the thing. We we have another email, though. Oh, God damn it. Well, okay. Who's this one? All right. This one is from 
Well, it's from Chris, Chris St. Saucy Goodnight. So I'll let Brandon be the judge. Does he get two emails today or just the one? What's the subject line? Nice. Two weeks in a row, my email doesn't get read? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's, he does have a point. It's your call, Brandon. I'm going to give it to him. All right. But he's on thin ice. All right. Brandon has to read the email. All right. I don't know how to read, guys. Where do I start? <laughs> I can if you want. I got it. You just be pre- prepared to answer. We'll answer um, with Chris. We've learned we've got to take one piece at a time. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I have a question. Sorry, right before you begin. Is he the one who sent us that email about the Batman movie that everyone likes? Yes. Okay. Mm, he gets this one, but if he doesn't tell us what that Batman movie was, yeah. he doesn't get any more. <laughs> oh my god! Because I'm, I really want to know what he was talking about. He wrote into the other show you don't listen to, which is ah. spoiler alert, asking the other co-hosts on the show, uh, "Guys, JD didn't know what I was talking about. Would you please tell him what I was talking about?" And all of them were crickets. Now everyone's like, well, "I don't know what is he talking about." I paid for the whole seat, but I only need the edge, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Two no. weeks in a row, my email doesn't get read. Uh. Jesse Smollett was in full house as Michelle's other black friend after Teddy left to go be a smart guy on that show. She was also in the final two seasons of Friday Night Lights. And her name is Journey, not Jesse, uh, Chris. But thank you for the information. I am not excited for the Birds of Prey movie or the Suicide Squad uh, Suicide Squad sequel slash reboot incredible hulk was not a sequel to hulk the origin of his powers were completely different it's still a sequel the mark wade legion of superheroes series was great and is remarkably prescient the story was focused on teens standing up to ignorant politicians and a society so disaffected that they talked to either to each other on screens even while in the same room There was strife within the Legion itself with Brainiac 5 and Cosmic Boy fighting for leadership. The first 15 issues could be adapted as a miniseries real easily. Issues 16 through 36 were called Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes and were part of the one year later era. Tony um, Bedard took over with issue 31 and stayed on the book till issue 35 and then he was replaced by jim shooter for about 14 issues and justin time wrote the 50th and final issue of that series personally i consider it over with issue 36 chris saint saucy good night yay he did it all right so you have been read um is there anything to respond to there he's uh, just sharing he's, yeah, just, he's sharing. just sharing his thoughts yeah. um thanks for sharing Thanks, Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. And Brandon Payton. We love emails. We love emails. Now, what do we want to talk about? Oh, Ooh. well, one thing I know there's one thing that all three of us want to talk about. So before we get to there, just uh, as you noted at the top of the show, I have now joined the spoiler alert uh, group podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And. On the most recent episode, which I'm soon sure you'll be hearing on the yeah. Cold Pop Go feed very soon, ladies and gentlemen, we reviewed the web of the Black Widow. Yeah. Or just web of Black Widow. That too. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's um and on in the review i noted how black widow to me the artist oh, yes. had trouble depicting her from panel to panel mm-hmm. i felt that she looked like a different person from panel to panel and as both of us jd are artists we both realized that there is a a struggle and thus a quote unquote art to being able to draw a character in a book over a series of issues through multiple panels and being able to depict them more or less the same um, irregardless of what angle they may have or may be taking in the story. And I wonder how did how did you one hone that skill, master that oh, skill? I did not. I'm still terrible at it. You Being, think so? You know, I, I'm not good at um, consistency. So if um, if I had to draw in um, the interiors of a comic, I, it would be it would be awful. Um, I don't do sequentials. Uh, I do mostly like um, prints, right? I'll do a print. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, the, in in comic books parlance, you're a cover artist. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I do like one shots, or you know, what I mean, I don't I don't do sequential art because that's very difficult, and I have not mastered it. But also, I don't work for Marvel Comics. This Stephen Mooney, I hate to put him on blast, does work for Marvel Comics. He, you know, he's he's working professionally, mm-hmm. and still has not gotten it down to, I think, an acceptable, for me, state. Um, so was that something that bothered you a little bit too? Yeah, reading the book, I was like, the only reason I know who this character is is because they keep calling her Natasha. Right, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's still her, especially since. You're dealing with a character who is a spy and therefore changing outfits and wearing wigs. Right. So the way her nose, lips, her jawline, jawline. all of those things work in tandem is very important because you're going to be throwing all of these other quote unquote disguises on her. Mm -hmm. So even though you need the character to accurately or um, what's the word I'm looking for? appropriately look different for to the other characters in the book she still needs to look like herself enough that if you take all the words out of the book you can still go oh that's natasha right so um i think that was a problem with this issue but uh, yeah i have not perfected it i'm no good at it um the only way i work around it is if i'm doing web comics i make sure that the characters have telltale signs yeah like um characteristics or mm-hmm. for instance even if you just gave her a tiny little mole little madonna mole right above her lip right, right. and then throughout the rest of the series no matter what she's wearing you see that tiny little mole it's a tiny little thing that you're automatically going to recognize that's that that's her yeah. yeah um or if you give her a certain type of eyeliner mm-hmm. um design or something like that um that's a way to do it um so yeah I, I had a lot of trouble with that as well with this issue i thought the i also was a little a little tired of well um natasha used to be a spy and something from her past is coming back to haunt her like yeah that whole chest end was done again just story wise with it yeah um i'm curious though you said like the whole thing about a mole what do you do with a character you know let's not even go natasha because outside of her costume for the most part if you give her say red hair Mm -hmm. then you reasonably can assume 
that the artist is drawing Black Widow, drawing yeah. Natasha, yeah. right? Um, but let's go to like a character such as, let's say Bruce Wayne, okay? Just mm-hmm. to go to a guy who very often, in, especially in comic books, can all have similar body types and as white males mm-hmm. can all have similar jaw lines mm-hmm. and because Bruce Wayne has black hair he's got hair like a whole lot of the other guys too yeah so what do you what is a characteristic that you might be able to put into that character design that can be carried across the series regardless of what who's drawing mm-hmm. it i think with bruce wayne specifically it's he's never he's always clean shaven if he's bruce mm-hmm. uh, if he's batman he can have a little bit of stubble right but when he's in bruce the, in the evening he is clean shaven and he generally has his hair kind of slicked back Slick, yeah yeah he definitely has product in his hair mm-hmm. so i think drawing that next to a bunch of other characters who do not have that same um hairstyle hairstyle goes a long way yeah, yeah. That, that, well, you know, that used to be the old old chestnut. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they basically are the same characters except for their hair. hairstyle. Yeah, you know, Clark had the S curl. Yeah, they had the spit curl. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hal Jordan had, was brown hair. Aquaman was Aquaman was yellow hair with the spit curl. Flash was yellow hair with the crew cut. Yep. So yeah, that, that it's w- all about hairstyle. It's all about the hair. Yeah, so like I, as you were talking about that character and how um, he can look like a lot of different characters, I was reminded of um, Michael Turner, rest in peace. Oh, his Bruce and his Clark were I, I could not tell them apart. Well, I can't say, Michael Turner, rest in peace. I can tell any of his characters mm-hmm. apart. I like it, especially if you are an artist like Michael Turner. Like uh, J. Scott Campbell, J. Scott, J. Scott Campbell, who have like Jim Lee. Yeah. Let's use one that's kind of like alive, alive and doing like more work. Yeah. Jim Lee has a decided body type Mm -hmm. for men and women. Yep. I mean. Uh, unless he's drawing, unless he's drawing Amanda Waller, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, unless he's drawing Amanda, that's Waller, the only one. All of his women are look exactly the same mm-hmm. body type wise, mm-hmm. man, and like that is not not cool. I remember yeah. at one time, my favorite artist George Perez used to be like that, yeah. And as he developed, he learned it was like probably like midway through drawing Teen Titans, he learned that, and and he 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 actually did a joke about this, how to give each character a specific look Mm -hmm. and, and character design. And it was so telling for him that they used it as a bit in the comic book. Whereas, um, it was the whole deal of how Raven was like turning more or less into Trigon. Uh So there's a bit in the comic book where Robin is, talking to the crew about it, the team about it. And he's like, she was turning and turning to Trigon in front of our eyes and we just didn't notice it. And then it cuts to a series of panels of Raven over the years. And it's just, it's just Perez's art style developing huh. and he maturing and him thus maturing her look, but it changed her look. Oh, that's funny. And it was so, so cool. That's neat. Yeah. That's the other thing is when you're, when you're designing your characters, the, Rule number one is if you black out their body, make them a silhouette, 
and they're all standing side by side. Let's say since we're talking about the Titans, you've got all of the Titans standing in their human form side by side. Mm -hmm. You should still be able to differentiate which one is which. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of comic artists suffer from it's all copy and paste body types mm -hmm. and face types and stuff like that. You and I could go old school. Well, now old school is is eighties, but um, <laughs> mold. Um, but you're more in touch because of you know the complex and everything, uh, with the 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 newer artists. Mm -hmm. So, are there any artists right now that are in the books that you think have mastered that skill, or or at least do it very well? I have a couple that come to mind. I think um, Cliff Chang of the Brian Azzarello Wonder Woman, of Paper Girls, I think all of his characters, while are stylistically similar, they're, mm -hmm. you, they're easily dif you can easily differentiate them. Okay. I think, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, Jeff Lemire. Oh, okay. I really don't like his art style, but you but can you definitely can tell. tell. Yeah. It's, it's so cartoony that everything is elongated or stretched in such a way that you, that's consistent throughout. You can mm -hmm. tell who's who. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was just flipping through a Nick Durrington comic and Nick Durrington's one of my new favorites, but even he, like in the new issue of Batman universe, you've got Hal Jordan and Batman. And I think side by side, they're pretty much the same mold. So I, I can't say that. Um, How about your girl? Um, Becky Cloonan. Yeah. Ooh, Becky Cloonan can kind of be a little. Yeah. Similar. I was I was thinking of that that Batman issue that she did. I was like, eh. yeah, she does have a little bit of that going on. Mm. Um, as much as I love her artwork, right. um, yeah, because I was going to say Amanda Connor, but she, uh, yeah, but no, yeah. she definitely has a type. I think Ian Bertram. Okay, Ian Bertram is very very good. Um, and he doesn't suffer from that very much. Um, yeah, I think I think it's really. Artists who lean towards the cartoonier aspects of illustration that it's easier to tell because they're able to mold things in a different way. That's um, true. Yeah. And still maintain their humanistic qualities. Whereas if you're a realistic painter um, like Alex Ross, he's a guy who's very consistent. Yeah, but, but I'll tell you how. Yeah, he takes a photo for every single move. Yeah, he uses makes. actual actors. Right. So they're always the same. Yeah, because um, I was going to say, um, I think uh, your boy uses a lot of, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, dude doing Doomsday. Gary Frank. Clock. Yeah, Gary Frank uses a lot of photo references, too. He does. He's very good. Um, yeah. He can be a little uncanny valley, like when he was drawing Superman maybe seven years ago or maybe more than that, where it was the Richard oh, Donner stuff and he was right. drawing him to look like Christopher Reeves. Yes. That was a little creepy. It was creepy, but he did it well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the creepy aspect was when he drew Christopher Reeve as Superboy. Oh. So he was drawing grown Christopher Reeve face on Superboy. The aging him. That was that was creepy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. There are people out there who can do it. And I don't want to knock anyone who can't, because I can't. But oh, no. um, it's definitely an important aspect of se sequential storytelling. And um, if, you know, your job is to make it easy for the reader to, yeah. you know, stay entrapped within the confines of the emotional beats of the story. And if you're being pulled out because the character, you're like, wait, who's this again? Mm -hmm. Then you're not doing the job correctly. You know, another place that that can be a little troublesome is animation. Yeah. And someplace where I really had a problem with it 
um, because there were so many characters on this series with this new iteration was this third season of Young Justice on DC Universe. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. You didn't know who was who? Well, sometimes so, because because of the storyline, the Robin character, Dick Grayson, oftentimes is running around without his Nightwing costume on. So yeah. he's going his full face. And sometimes when he was standing there next to Superboy? Uh, Connor, Superboy, yeah. it's the same guy. Yeah. That's a good point. It's the yeah. exact same person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, it's one thing with all the the Roy Harpers who are all mm-hmm. supposed to be clones of one another. Yeah. All right. You can get away there. Yeah. But these two, it's like, yeah. that's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's the same hair design. Yeah. So it's like, what's happening? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a fair point. Speaking of Young Justice, I just finished it up. And while it is not as good as seasons one and two, I do think it was pretty solid. Uh, I enjoyed mm. watching it. Um, it's, you know, it's dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now that they're on the DC Universe app, they don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah sensors. Jeez, that is poor um, Violet Har- Halo. Halo. Yeah, she got murked a she, whole bunch. She got murked a whole bunch. But yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's, it's uh, poor uh, Black Lightning, Jefferson Pierce. He had his. I mean, everybody was just jerking him over. Yeah, that sucked. I like the heroes jerking him over. His chick was jerking him mm. over. I'm like, jeez, man. But at we the should- end, it wound up working out for him. Right. Well, well sure. Of. Yes, yeah. he came out on top. Like he got a he got a bump. What? I was just gonna say maybe we should just say spoilers for Young Justice season three. Oh, I wasn't gonna spoil anything. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying it worked out. Spoiled anything yet? Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't. It's not as. It's it's not as good as the first two seasons. Right. Yeah. It's not. And um, I, it's hard to pinpoint why because I do like most of the characters. You know what episode I hated? It was the one where I believe. I almost called them Doom Patrol. The Outsiders, because mm-hmm. this season is called um, Young Justice Outsiders. The Outsiders' first out, um, first mission, okay, where they go right. to the little town, right? And they go into a small town, and the dialogue is just so strange and forced. And then we meet the News Girls Legion, which I guess I think there was a News Boys News Boys News Boys Legion um, back in the forties with uh, Jack. Kirby. Yeah. And I think they actually teamed up with the Guardian back then. The voice acting was so annoying for those three characters and their dialogue was so stilted and strange. I, I understand they're going for a Silver Agey type thing, mm-hmm. um, but it just uh, it was one of those things where most of the episodes of this show, I could sit next to my wife and have it on, even if she's not really paying attention because she's not into Young Justice. And I would feel fine just sitting there and watching it. But she was sitting next to me while I was watching this, and I was just like, un- like I was embarrassed a you little bit. Embarrassed that you were like she thinks it. I watch this dumbass show. Like this is like the whole show's not like this. It's just this is a bad episode. That's fine. Yeah. So um, yeah. Otherwise, I-, I did like the rest of it. I thought there was some strange turnabout towards the end. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest problem with this is because this season throws in so much so you like you said you've got the the outsiders group that kind of grows from within you still got vestiges of the justice league Mm -hmm. you've got batman with his own kind of like quote-unquote outsiders Mm -hmm. crew running around then you still got which i think uh jefferson was calling him batman inc right right uh and then you've 
you still have the Young Justice team running around along with the newer characters that they introduced. And then not even those, those outsiders, which are new characters, but then all of the other meta teens at, at the last, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. House. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. The, the, Un- the, 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 the halfway house for meta teens. Yeah. You know? So with all of that, I think that a lot on more than a few of the episodes, you would then just get these huge info dumps. Yeah. Which kind of, <laughs> broke i mean it showed how dots were being connected yeah. off screen but then it just kind of also just broke the flow it was a little ambitious i think yeah yeah i think they were like oh we're back and we can do whatever we want let's do everything now right um and it just yeah it was a little confusing and not even i guess i wasn't even confused i was just kind of like it was hard for me to be emotionally invested thank you in all of the plot lines yeah yeah you know? um and there there's this episode where one of the characters is is fallen ill mm-hmm. and he has a fever dream that harkens back to season one where we had a different kid flash we had a different robin we had you know what i mean oh yeah and yeah, i was yeah. like man i miss season one that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun and th- this that was like just sort of like best friends hanging out Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were problems and stuff, but it was definitely a happier show. And this is a much darker, darker show. And I was like, I just, can we get a little bit of the happy back? On the last episode of Gotta Talk, we both uh, showed love for Young Justice iteration of Justice League. And yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. It, it to have its own series. And we also showed love to uh, Guy Gardner mm-hmm. a version on there. And Fred Bug with two Gs. True. I like him. Um well, then what I was going to say is outside of the Justice League characters, is there – I have three questions for you. Okay, and, and one. One is, is there a character that was introduced over the la- the first two seasons that you wish they had done more with this season as opposed to introducing even more new characters? Of the new character, that's one of the new characters that were introduced. Who was your favorite? And then overall, if it is different, who was your favorite character of the season? Okay, I always want a Flash centric episode. Okay, so because we lost Wally in season two, mm-hmm. I definitely wanted more. I just missed him. I just, I just really liked his personality. I liked him when he was hanging around. Um, I liked that he grew as a character. So um, I, I definitely wanted more Wally, mm-hmm. which is difficult because he's dead. Uh-huh. And, and out of yet, and yet, Spoiler. and then number two, which character uh, did I like the best out of the outsiders or the new, the new characters, new characters? that were introduced? I like Fred Bug with two G's because he's such so fun and mm-hmm. wholesome, but I also really liked Violet. I-, I thought Halo was really cool and it was fun watching her be able to turn on and off her different um, Halo's effects mm-hmm. until eventually something happens, right. uh, which I really liked. The, the, the culmination of that storyline for her, I liked. Plus, I liked how she was gender neutral. Yeah. And she was just straight up like, you keep calling me girl. I, I don't think I'm a girl. Um, and it makes sense in the confines of the, I mean, it does, not that it doesn't make sense in reality, but it even makes sense in this TV show because she's a mother box. 
She's right. she's uh, a machine. It makes sense because she actually is a machine for her not to really re- recognize a gender. Yeah. But even be- though the box itself is gendered, mother which, and which, father which box, which say, is funny. Because there's a mother and father box, it also makes sense that people would just, you know, default to she female yeah yeah so i like that they were sort of a they them kind of situation which Mm -hmm. i have a ton of friends who were they them and gender non-binary so um just seeing that represented in there i was like oh that's it touched me it was nice and then my favorite character of the entire season Mm -hmm. as for the whole season i don't think i have a favorite character for the whole season i did not feel enveloped enough into any of the characters that i was just like oh man i need this character more and more uh but i do like when the whole team comes together Uh, it's the show for me really is about um yeah we all have these differences and yeah we're all going through these disparate things but we all come together and we're able to work together to beat the enemy and it's fun to watch them bounce off of each other Mm -hmm. so it's more about their interactions than it is any one of them all right cool yeah um do you have a favorite well my favorite that they introduced last year that i would have loved to see more of was batgirl and that's because I loved their design for Batgirl, which was basically just a riff on Batman's costume mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so I, it, it, do you mean it, Orphan? No, I mean Batgirl because Orphan's in there too, and no, she basically but, has the Bat outfit. No, but Batgirl season two they introduced Batgirl. Oh, okay. So I wanted to see her more. Oh, in this season, I was gonna say I'm trying to think was Batgirl in this season? You mean she specifically was. Barbara Gordon, right? Yeah, because she yeah. It, it was where I was gonna go. So you do see her more as Barbara Gordon, and and obviously within the you know the the years or the time away is when she had her you know accident and yeah. in confined to the wheelchair um which i'm fine with too because i i do think that that is the most powerful uh depiction of barbara gordon that has been in comic mm-hmm. books her as oracle so i'm fine with that and i and and even though i am still and will forevermore be a dick grayson starfire guy yeah. i understand the world is dick grayson barbara gordon uh-huh. and she's a i be a happy second for me so that's great so i like seeing them together um and i like that and i like that she was on most of the episodes even though she wasn't seen because she was always in his in the ear pierce yeah so i dug them developing her some more that being said i could still have more yeah because i just like her um i'm a big babs fan too yeah i think of all the characters that they introduced the one that stuck with me probably is halo one because knowing halo as she was in the comic books i appreciated this character design so much more um i like the the character as they built her up at first i at first i didn't think i was going to dig this whole mother box father box being the creation of essentially her and cyborg um but they made it work. They did something different with the characters. So I appreciated that. Um, and their exploration of what that meant, I really also appreciated. So so while I did but while I did like what they did with Cyborg, I think I also liked um I think the Halo character just resonated with me a little bit more. I think they certainly gave her a little bit more, you know, story with her romance with Brienne. 
Brian. Brion. Brion. Um, and then, you know, her, then, you know, her, uh, her gender, gender fluidity was real cool. Um, and her origin, having to deal with the repercussions of the body she's inhabiting. Yes. Was great. Yes. And I like that. And, and I, and I like that this series, and, and this is one thing I will say, despite as packed as this series was with um, characters, they still found a way to take time with certain characters to really have them explore some really deep personal oh, stuff. Yes. Like having Halo go and visit the parents of the body that she was inhabiting. And, yep. and, and actually really dealing with the true consequences of what happened mm-hmm. and their reactions to it. You know, um, having having um, oh, I just drew a blank on Arrowette. Or I was thinking the same thing, Arrowette and her her um, let's say previous relationship, previous relationship, and and how she deals with that mm-hmm. moving uh, forward and moving forward. Uh, I I like that. I like mm-hmm. the you know quiet moments that they stole for for. Uh, Dick and Babs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I appreciated that they were able to find time for that. I also liked. I also liked. This was a quick aside because it was a real quick thing. I also liked the origin they gave for Dolphin, a character who a lot of people don't recognize from the comic books because she basically was just this this you know uh, oh right chick that swung with white hair yeah um, and I don't know if I ever knew her her um origin in the comics really and i think at one time they basically like retconned her and she like became like a love interest for i had never Aquaman heard of Dor- something like uh, dolphin before so this was my first experience oh, this was her. your first experience yeah. and 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 don't get me wrong she's not a big part of this series mm-hmm. at all but having knowing at least a, a little bit of the character mm-hmm. i just like the yeah. like w- what they did with it here um I also like some of the little gags, the the running gags that they would do throughout not only all three seasons so far with like, you know, um, what was it? Feeling the Aster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, Whelmed, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But also the titles of the episodes and how those were an acronym. Yeah. yeah. Is that the word I'm looking for? Right. Acronym. And then every couple of episodes... There would be a call, you know, as the, well, first of all, the end was always very strange. It was always kind of jarring to me for a little while of like the soft music is playing and we're looking at, you know, usually wolf, uh, wolf just sleeping. sitting there sleeping, which is what old dogs do. But also there was a running gag uh, after the Lobo episode. Yes. Which I thought was very funny. Yeah. And I actually had to be like, wait, how did we, at the very end episode where we see the culmination of that, I was like, how did we get here? And then I went back and I was like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. Because there were a couple of episodes where it would focus on a very specific thing. And I was like, what am I even looking at? Is that a potato? What is that? Yeah. And so, yeah, I had to Google it. And then someone had made a screenshot of every one of those put together. And I was like, oh, that's great. So that's a lot of fun too. Really cool. Yeah. Who's your favorite character of um, the whole season? Uh, before I do that, oh, you were talking about how ultimately you found yourself you couldn't care about Brion. Yeah, you know what relationship I couldn't? I found myself not caring about. No, I didn't care about Connor and Megan. 
Oh, my And, like, God. you know, that yeah. whole, you know, we're going to get married type of thing. Mm. I was like, okay. Yeah. Just go go to another room in your house yeah. and be. You know, I, I did like that they were adult on this show. And, you yeah. know, every once in a while they cut to, you know, like, hey, we got to go handle some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But so that was kind of cool. But I ultimately didn't care. I also, that. I liked, yeah, I don't care about the relationship, but I also liked them again. Looks different this time. Yeah. She's grown into her own person. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I love the original look. Oh, yeah. With like the red hair and the green skin and everything. Um, I like that as a character, she has grown and has accepted herself and is allowing herself to present differently than yeah. she has in the past. So that was yeah. a nice growth, growth of the character. So my favorite character for the series overall, it's hard because it, there were so many characters that everyone got like a moment. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if anyone really, really, really were able to shine yeah. super hard. I mean, like we we all had love for Fred Bug with two G's. Um, even though after a while, I'm glad they kind of like pushed him to the back a little bit because he was yeah. getting a little annoying. Well, actually, I was wondering what was going on with him for a little while because he disappeared. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, where's Fred Bug? Or, you know, where's, um what's his actual name? Well, Forager. Uh, Forager, yeah. Um. Uh, I was wondering where it happened. I'm like, oh no, is something something bad? I thought it was gonna some some sort of secret sub thread. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, nah, she's back. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's going to he school. Just, yeah, he's like somebody's gotta keep hanging out with the ship. You know what I mean? I like that he kind of had a crush on the ship. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, that that was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite character overall, uh, some, um, it's weird. But I think of all the the ones, the ones that kind of that, that kind of shined, and every once in a while he would give me a little uh, was uh, Vandal Savage. Oh, okay. And and maybe it's just because of that one episode that had to, had to deal with him mm-hmm. dealing with the alien invasion and, yeah. and having to take care of it, like you know his two daughters. Oh, that was br- I forgot about that. Yeah. The snap. Yeah. Oof. But but just wow, that was so long ago. Right, but. His character, as complicated as he is, every once when he would show up, I would just be like, huh, "All right, what's going mm-hmm. on?" You know what I mean? Yeah. He he was like that, and Luther was like that too. But I don't think Luther had a, enough to say. Yeah, and Luther was, whenever he was being interviewed, it was definitely doing a Trump. Right. Right. Yeah. So, sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Vandal Savage was, um, and and that may have been my favorite episode. The Vandal Savage episode, yeah, yeah. Next good. to the next to the one that we we decidedly don't want to spoil, yeah, which was the Arrowette episode. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good too. Um, Brandon, you're still here. Yay! Yay! Do you have anything to say? Um, so first off, you said favorite character from last season, right? Yeah, that you could have seen, would have liked to have seen more of. I would honestly say probably Cassie. I think was really mm-hmm. cool. Super girl, right? Uh, no, no, it's Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl. Wonder, well, Wonder Girl. Yeah. That's right, right. That's what I mean. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of her. I mean, Tim too, obviously. But yeah, I would have. If you liked... got Cassie, you would have got Tim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, I feel like Batman Inc. was established and it was really cool. And then there was like maybe one episode with them, and then there was kind of nothing else. Yeah. So I would have liked to have seen more of Cassie and like the Batman Inc. crew. Um. What. What was the next one? This season, new character. Yeah, of the the ones introduced. Brion, I think, was my favorite this season. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked seeing his arc. I liked seeing him like deal with stuff, and also I liked Connor 
being in the mentor role and seeing a lot of himself in Brion. Yeah. So I like that stuff. Is is so that's was the primary thing a hook for Brion for you? No, it was that was part of it, but I also just liked him with Halo and I liked that they tried to do they tried to be adults about like their problems and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they tried to talk about things and stuff like that. That's true. That's good. So I like that. Yeah. Especially oh. considering how hot headed that he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it but it that definitely showed that his hot headedness was decidedly about one thing, about rescuing yeah. his, his sister, you know? Yeah. I think I have to change my answer. Oh, no. Because <laughs> thinking about him reminded me of his sister, and I really liked her arc, and I think that was probably my favorite overall. And they did... Oh, I totally forgot about Tara. Oh, I wasn't going to say the name, because I was going to say... Well, I mean, that was well, months and months ago. And, yeah. But I was well, not say... Brion, right? She's not... But I was going to say... No, in the comics, yeah how her character arc wrapped up with yeah, how she wrapped up is definitely yeah. you don't want to talk about right yeah so yeah that was interesting for me yeah. and I, I think that would make her my favorite nice. but yeah jd in the comics they they um when both characters were introduced um individually from different um creators when they realized the similarities in their power structures, yeah. then they kind of wrote into their backstory that they were brothers. Oh, sister. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't even know. I guess, yeah, Brion, I guess he's Geoforce. Right. So he, who is a character. I just didn't know him in the comics as Brion. Mm. So he feels different to me. Um, and then your overall favorite. Ooh. If it's different. Yeah. Um, do you mean, you mean of th- just this season, right? This season. Maybe, maybe I want to say it's either Terra or Cyborg. Honestly, mm. I liked his I liked his arc and the things they did with him. Once we so, got yeah. past Cyborg, I'm angry at my dad all the time. Yeah, which is very tired. Uh, I I really latched onto that character. I thought it was really interesting to watch and watching him not really be part of the team and not really want to quote unquote join the hive and mm. all that other stuff. But then, um. Oh, and and then when you know Father Box was sort of taking him over, I thought that was a great episode. See, I thought, th- yeah, because that's when it got interesting. I'm curious though. You're right. The, the t- him being mad at his father became tiresome. Um, but I wonder if one is that tiresome because very often the black characters all sh- share the same voice. Mm. Um, and two was it also tiresome because you saw Cyborg kind of go through that same type of arc on Doom Patrol. Yeah, I mean... Even though it's a slightly different character. But. Yeah, Doom Patrol and Justice League and mm. now this and also in his comics. and uh, Yeah, it's just like, all right, we get it. Right. Yeah. Um, although, since you brought it up, the two characters who are the loudest and the angriest besides Brion are Jefferson and um, Cyborg. I don't know if Jefferson They're always is, yelling at people. Yeah, but I don't think Jefferson is loud. I think he he gets righteously mad at people. Yeah, and I yeah. and I do mean righteously. Yeah. Um but I, I wouldn't describe his character as loud. He was, he was yelling at a couple of people throughout um, the but, season. Okay, he he yelled, but so did so did Dick Grayson. Did he? I thought he yelled at I don't him. think so. All right, maybe. I feel like he was he was I don't think he was loud, but he did get angry, I feel like, more than others. Uh-huh. But I think that's more of just, he's like a new character. Yeah. Like, before, like, um, Connor was yelling all the time. Yeah. So, like, I think it's just, 
It's just the the newness of the characters. Yeah, yeah. And Brion was definitely the, the angriest. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> My man is definitely hot headed. Um <laughs> So, any, oh, so anyway, I, the season was great. I still loved it. Mm-hmm. It's still better than most of the cartoons I've seen, um, especially the way they, you know, weave through all these different stories and and link them all together. I think it's a lot of fun. Just not my favorite of the seasons, and I'm, I'm hoping season four will be even better. Talking about another series that deals with young heroes, uh, DC Universe also brought us the second season of titans well they brought us episode one of the second season for some reason i thought the whole season had dropped oh no and then i was ready for uh, you know i finished episode one i'm like all right here we go season episode two oh no never mind you missed a little box in the corner that says in four three days days. yeah yeah. um um, so we saw the trailer and i thought it was going to be terrible and then I was pleasantly surprised with You're season one. You're talking about for one. season one, right? Season one, I was pleasantly surprised. And I thought, oh, this is actually kind of fun. We do have to, you know, deal with some edge lordy type, the fuck this and boo-boo that. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about that sort of stuff. Um, but I wound, up, I wound up enjoying the first season for the most part. And then season two, episode one hit. and Well, I, first season two, epi- the trailer hit. Oh, yeah. And, and I was you, excited about that. You were excited about it that. It looked great. I was a little meh. And then the first half of episode one happened, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This is terrible. Oh, oh come on. And now, so the first half of the episode is basically what I would... Spoiler alert for season two, episode episode one of Titans on DC Universe. Good point, good point. Thank you. The middle point of this episode is what I would have said should have been the season finale of season one. Mm -hmm. Because that's when they wrap up everything. Right. To deal with Trigun. Right. And that's not what they did. They they just, halfway through an episode, they're like, well, now (laughs) we're done. Now season two is going to start halfway through the episode. And up until that midway point, I was like, oh, maybe I don't like this show anymore. Is this, but the trailer looks so good. Mm. Um, mm. But it like the CG bad. was bad. All of the different segments of the characters having to deal with their darkness was yeah, so forced dark. and yes. hokey. Yeah, because you could and tell the, they didn't know what to do with some of them. Yeah. Like the, 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 the star, because they each like, enter into the house yeah um but then they go there individually and are met with a scenario in which they are forced to embrace their evil yeah and it feels like the the script literally just said every character goes into a room and discovers their evil and then they turn bad just film it yeah just go figure it out right because it it all is so one-dimensional well then cheesy the you know the 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 one that happens with Starfire, where she more or less, you know, we already gave the spoiler alert, um, fulfills her mission, yeah, of killing Raven, mm-hmm. right? That one at least felt thematically in sync with yeah, what had happened sure. before, and yes, it would have show her embracing her evil. Mm-hmm. So that one I was okay with. Every other one, mm-hmm. you could tell they didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, especially, and especially. In- oh, you know what? I actually didn't mind Donna Troy's. 
her dad died in a fire because of a pyromaniac and, mm-hmm. and she finally has a chance to confront him and he says, you know, turn me into the police. And she goes, nope. And she just tosses him out the window to his death. That one didn't wasn't so bad. See, but what bothered me of that one is that she had no way of knowing the dude comes out of his room with a bucket, if yeah. I remember. What of a man with a bucket in a fire yeah. makes you no, tells was, you that he started the fire? I'm pretty sure it was like a can of oil. I thought it was a bucket. Yeah. Maybe I'm it was not a sure. Can I didn't notice either Also, way. she she like asked him and he was like, I like starting fires. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. But but again, that I mean she uh, definitely bum rushes him. Yeah. Th- but that then is still like forcing it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that I I didn't dig. But the one that was the most the, criminal. Yeah, the egregious one. Was Hawk and Dove. Ugh. Because not only do like so hawk discovers his evil because he introduces dove to the ways of heroin which uh i didn't know he had a problem with heroin no nope, no nope, neither from my understanding he was taking pills pain pills yeah maybe addicted to painkillers which made sense with his character he didn't have superpowers yet he was going out there as a vigilante that makes sense but all of a sudden heroin mm-hmm. i didn't see where that came from but then he introduces dove to heroin she embraces her evil because she takes the heroin. Yeah. So she can't even have her own evil. Yeah. She's a, no, she's got to still be linked in with, with Hawks. Yeah. I'm like, get the. Yeah. I, I was like, what? I was about to turn it off. I was like, let me just sit through it. I mean, you could argue, this is just playing devil's advocate. You could argue that hers isn't so much just taking the heroin, but it's her codependence on Hawk. Mm-hmm. And like when he, when he introduces something into her life, she just, goes with it no matter what especially because going off the trailer it seems like they're gonna have a bit of a rough patch Mm. and so i feel like this could start that yeah maybe so but if i remember their episodes for the most part he seems to be the one that is dependent on her yeah not the other way around for sure yeah you know what i mean so she even cheats on him doesn't she with dick yeah Yeah. i don't think he knew about that no he did that's why he's got a a thing against dick Dick, yeah. yeah Yeah, if I'm he's got know. a whole dick thing. <laughs> well, yeah, well. yeah. So it's yeah, only I just, one dick on this show. It just yeah, it was so forced and and so, then so bad. Trigon. Oh, Trigon! The CGI on Trigon, the way he walked, the way he moved, was oh. bumming me out. You and, know what he? What the, I'm curious. Do you know what Trigon reminded me of? Did he remind you of any character from pop culture? I can't think of any. What? It's Christmas time in hell. Oh my God! You mean from South Park? Yes, he does. He oh my like, God! With the big chest and the tiny like legs. Just like Satan. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because uh, when he started walking, I was like, "Oh my God! All I need is a little baby, like paper mache Hitler, yeah. just walking around oh holding his hand." Oh my God! That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I got I to gotta make that meme when we get when we're doing the show. But yeah, he was brutal. He was brutal. And then, because and, and, and I don't want to steal your point, so you take it there. He's He goes outside because now he's in the world. Yeah. And he embraces it. 
And, and birds then what are, happened? The grass is dying as he steps towards it. Birds are falling out of the sky, dead, everything like that. And he starts to walk away from the farmhouse that they're on after murdering his helper for no real reason. And then, yeah. um, <laughs> so then we cut to, he's walking along and then we cut to, um, Raven, Rachel, uh, you know, is also dark, but then Garfield touches her hand and is like, <laughs> don't be bad. She's like, all right, I guess I'm not bad anymore. And then she's like, hold on. I, I can't do this without Dick. So then she grabs Dick's hand and she's like, Dick, don't be bad. And he's like, all right, I guess I won't. And then she walks outside without Dick. Yes, so there was no the thing. I don't know why really she needed. Need I can't do this without him. And then she completely does it without him. She goes outside to find that the the all the evil titans are still standing on the, the porch, porch, staring at Trigon, who is just standing there with his arms up, frozen, not doing anything. Just I guess what is that biscuits? He's just smelling. <laughs> there's biscuits nearby. He wants to find them biscuits. It's just doing nothing. He's just got his arms up for no reason. And then she walks up and defeats him with, you know, some purple dust. So, right. I, I, oh my Which God. Which made no sense because I'm pretty, I think it was in, in the beginning of the episode. She tried that same trick and before. He's like, he's like, nah. He's like, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does nothing. But this time, he just sits there. And he's like, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you didn't just take his hand and say, don't be bad. He goes, okay. Okay. I guess I won't. <laughs> yeah. So that was, and, uh, it was awful. And then at the end, then I guess at the midway point, then it's like, oh, well, Titans are going to split off and I'm going to go talk to Bruce Wayne, who's an elderly person. Ian Glenn. Who's right. wonderful. He's He was great in Game uh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yes. He, he did not feel like Bruce Wayne to me at all. He, he, I thought he was going to be Alfred. He felt, so did I, but he felt like a totally different Bruce Wayne. However... I felt better I about it after their conversation. I didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind it because yeah. it felt like he was, one, giving Dick Grayson the respect of being an adult coming to talk to me. Yes. You know, and, and treated him like an adult. Um, and you would want that if Batman is clearly in his 50s now, mm -hmm. um, you would want Batman to have mellowed to a point. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I I actually liked it. Oh, and what I really liked about that is that Dick Grayson touches on why he kind of sucked for the whole first season. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, yeah, fuck Batman, and my dream is to murder Batman. I'm glad that, you know, he learned from that experience and he's able to sit down with Bruce and talk to him and be like, listen, I was blaming you for a lot of stuff that I didn't need to be blaming you for. I'm t I should have taken responsibility for my own, for myself. Yeah. Um, you were just trying to do the best you could. You doing, yeah, doing what you do. And I was too angry. And, and a lot of this was my, my problem as well, not just you. So I really liked that conversation mm -hmm. and that seemed like the, that's like, oh, okay. They actually got some writers in the writer room and they were actually writing some dialogue here right. as opposed to whatever the bollocks was happening in the first half of the episode. Yeah. So that's when it finally was like, oh, here we go. Here are the things, the type of things that I was enjoying in season one. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm looking forward to now that we have our fresh start, mm -hmm. now that halfway through season two starts, mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, and they moved to San Francisco. I'm bummed that they're not at Titans Tower. Right. I mean, I get it. Titans Tower is a big T. Makes no <laughs> sense. 
But um, yeah, as they were pulling out, I was like, is this going to be Titan's Tower? Why did Bruce build Titan's Tower? Right. But it was, it was just a regular place, a uh, regular skyscraper. So, um, yeah, and I'm excited to see that team back together, you know. Even with Jason Todd? Get the fuck out of here, kid. <laughs> you suck. That, thank you for bringing him up. He's the worst part of the show. With Titan's a back bitches. Oh, he's so what a tries so hard. God damn it! I know, I like did. a hot topic mother. It was uh, annoying. Yeah, he was annoying as balls, man. The other thing I noticed is that one, uh, one. It sounds like Donna Troy is going to be gone for a little bit, and that mm-hmm. upsets me because I really like that Donna Troy. Yeah, she's cool. Um, but I didn't notice before, and it, it it's a hair thing with me. I didn't notice that. The Dick Grayson, he wears a wig. Oh, the actor. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that either. He wore he wore he wore a wig. Oh. Um. So I will be curious if now in season like and then Rachel she has the world's worst wig and it, there's like four different wigs. Yeah. It's not consistent. Brandon's got something to say. Well, apparently he might be rocking a wig because he's got long hair now, like a certain wing knight from the comics. <laughs> That's the other thing is I'm hoping they get rid of that adult Robin costume and let well he Jason. Oh, he did. That's right. Last yeah. episode, yeah, I, I, I figured he's going to be yeah. be on on his way to Nightwing. Oh, I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. Um, and I also assumed that the wig was hiding something that now with season two they will probably reveal. Yeah, I just wish his hair was black. Oh yeah. Well, was it brown? Yeah, it's brown. Oh, okay. Like Robin's always had black hair. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Batman has a type. Ooh. Uh But yeah. Anyway, Jason Todd sucks. He does. I have a T-shirt at my shop. The very first T-shirt I ever designed said "Jason Todd had it coming," and it's got two crossbow, two crossbow Bar- bars. Yeah. Yeah. Crowbars. Crowbars. That's what I'm thinking. Crowbars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's the shit. That's that kid. That kid sucks. You're dark, Johnny. I'd murder him. You've never liked Jason Todd? I've never liked Jason Todd. See, you'd murder him. See, that's what the Joker movie does to you. Yeah. Oh, now I'm an incel. (laughs) Dang it. I've done it. I've crossed over. (laughs) Anything else before we split? Uh, We have one more thing. Oh, my God. Unless there's another news item that Brandon wanted to bring up. Nope. No? no? I'm hearing from our researcher. He says no. Then Brandon stepped to that microphone. I'm, I'm here already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is theater of the mind, Brandon. Theater. Oh wait, I gotta walk over. Tip tap, tip tap, tip tap. I don't know if anyone heard that. Yeah. I tapped the mic. <laughs> I tried to imitate walking over. It didn't work out. So, Brandon, <laughs> now that you're here, um, the time has come, Brandon. Where JD oh. and I, Ooh. and more I, oh. and JD witnessing, oh. will re-induct you into the Tribble Nation under your newly chosen Tribble name, which I believe is... Professor Starchild, what is it? <laughs> what's what's the name? Starchild. Inspector Space Time. Inspector Inspe- Space Time Triple. <laughs> what did you said? Inspector. Inspector Space Time Trouble. Inspector Space Time 
Tribble, which is a reference to... Uh, it's a character from Community that is a reference to Doctor Who, which are my two favorite shows. Are those and indeed your two favorite shows of all yeah, time? Why definitely. so? For a lot Why of, Community? There's a lot of things to that, but mainly it's just that Community was like one of the first shows that I really watched as it was on. And like with a lot of the um the turmoil and ter- tribulations that that show went through, it felt it kind of felt like a like a crucible almost like it it really I don't know I just really followed that show a lot. It's a so, little show that could yeah. And Doctor Who, I just really like it. I don't know. I just watch it a lot and I really like it. I don't really know anything. There's nothing really super special about like what got me into it, but now that I watch, I just really like it. Just speaks to a special place in your heart. All right. Well, that's cool because I do feel that um, anyone that follows our show and is moved such to, you know, take on a triple name, it should be a name that really does mean something to them. Um, more deeply than just like a, a cool pun or or what have you. So if you wish to be Inspector Space Time Trouble, then, you know, that's cool. But it is not official until you, yes, once again, take the Tribble Oath of Allegiance. So, Brandon, if you will repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple furry. I am a triple true. I am a triple true. From the way that I roll. From the way that I roll. To the way that I coo. To the way that I coo. (laughs) So shall it be said. So shall it be done. Brandon Jackson Shorts is now and forevermore known in Triple Nation as Inspector Space Time Triple. We love you, Brandon. Who's our baby boy? <laughs> that would be that would be what I was, that would be what I was talking about for. But okay. <laughs> sounds like a show to me. We did it. It sounds like a show and a half. It's an hour and thirty-eight minutes. You hate long shows. I hate long shows. Uh, well, I don't have to edit this one. So great. I love this long show. This is wonderful. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk. I'm Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. The Thwip Tribble. You can come to 4327 Main Street in Maniunk and visit my comic shop and buy stuff or just hang out. Possibly be on the show if you show up on a Wednesday. And uh, if you want to help the show out, you can go to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo or coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash johnnydestructo and help us out that way. Len. Hey, this is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. You can find me on Twitter at The Bat Tribble, or you can follow my crew, The Black Tribbles, at Black Tribbles on all of the social medias of note. Check out our show. It's available on Apple Podcasts and every place and every place that good podcasts be. And yo, I do podcasting for a living. I produce and edit podcasts. So if you want to holler at a Tribble and get some... uh, work with me you can check me out i have a website it's lencruzweb.com you can go there and find out all the information about all the shows i did do all the services that i can offer you can contact me and uh and let's let's make podcasting magic together but also i'm brandon i don't really have anything but follow all these guys on all their stuff yeah do what he said 
Yes, All right. and don't forget you can you can subscribe to Gutter Talk. It's its own feed, ladies and gentlemen. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and every place in any place that good podcasts be. And leave ratings and reviews. Yeah, please. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Ta-da!